Woof! Happy podcasting day. Uh, this is kind of a special little podcast as I am flying solo today. And I just want to thank you so much for being here. Uh, I am sending all the light and love to baby Harper, who I have finally got to hold, finally got to love on, finally got to meet and spend some very good time with our dear friend, Jess Anderson McGovern. Uh, and so I will be welcoming her back whenever she is ready and today I've just decided I'm going to go ahead and rock a podcast solo and part of it is totally selfish. Um, maybe it'll be cathartic and therapeutic, but I just feel like it's just a, it's a good time to do a check-in. And that was part of what I told Jess was that it'd been such a long time since her and I have done one together. <sighs> like seriously, it was last year, right? <laughs> that, um, I haven't been able to really kind of get out to where we're where we're at and developing. And um, I've got great news on her side. She's doing amazing things. She's, you know, doing mommy stuff, of course, and she's growing as a human and I'm so proud of her. So man, we're a minute five in and I didn't even do any type of introduction, which is totally me. And if that is uh, why you're here, then you already knew that was probably gonna happen. So uh, <laughs> welcome to uh, A Good Girl's Guide podcast. And uh, I'm Rachel Vote. This is my safe space that I miss my dear friend who I generally am co-hosting this with. Uh, and over the last few weeks as she's welcomed a beautiful bundle baby of joy, actually of Harper. Uh, she's been on maternity leave. So we've been rocking some some guest stars and here we are today. I'm, I'm just gonna be flying solo. So if you are looking for a boudoir photographer, please make sure that you are checking out Photos with Anderson on Facebook. Uh, you can find her on Instagram. She's got a beautiful account as well. Taking some stunning photos. Not only does she have some of herself with her maternity shoot, but um, some recent shots that she's done and she's gotten back into doing some, some shoots. So make sure that you're checking out Photos with Anderson on Facebook. Facebook and Instagram and you can find me on Facebook uh, and you can find me on Instagram officially handled change to a good girl's guide too. oh my goodness and on Facebook it's just Rachel vote um, you'll probably find me somewhere over there okay uh, free content always happening Monday nights uh, there's also some intimacy building as well sexual wellness building in the private page of VIP section okay you need to be 18 years or older and a feminine energy to be part of that group um, and just let me know if you'd like an invite if you are not necessarily a partner with a vulva or a feminine energy but you've got somebody who is and you want them to be a part of that group I highly recommend it okay it's really a lot of fun it's a, a great community talks uh, a lot about and I always recommend even even if ladies are like maybe potentially um, hesitant, cool, come on in. Like nobody can see you're a part of it, that nobody can even find this group. It has to be by invite only. And uh, you can be a fly on the wall. And if you decide that you would rather leave at some point, nobody's gonna know about it, but we would definitely love just to see if you might fit our vibe. So come on over. And it is 2021 officially. Uh, so just so you know, we've got empowerment classes coming up and what's really been taken off is the one-to-one -one session. So if you're looking to build upon your wealth, your relationship, your mental and physical well-being, your spirituality and or your passion, uh, I, I definitely highly recommend considering one-to-one -one sessions. That's been really... It's been really validating because it speeds up your personal momentum. You know, you can take a really great class with the empowerment side of things. And uh, it's, it's a, especially a great foundation if you don't know where to start in personal development because it kind of gives you an overview of those things. And then the one-to-one -one is really your focus, your life. And so I, I would highly recommend giving it a go. So reach out to me if you're interested and uh, I'd love to do that. So on that topic, actually, I wanted to kind of do an update. So when we very first started the podcast, we talked about like an introduction to uh, personal development 
And that was where I was at that time, which was like the very first podcast was less than two years ago. I don't even know what it was. I'd have to take a look, but it was less than two years ago, more than a year ago at this point. And um, I haven't listened to it, but I would recommend my, my, to myself, okay, but also potentially to any of you, because if you're, I mean, not only, I mean, let me rephrase, I guess. You don't have to go back and listen to my podcast, I guess, but like, I think it's kind of cool that I have this, um, record of where I was at that time. And there was actually a podcast I did not too long ago that I deleted because I was like so embarrassed about it afterwards. Uh, like it, it stayed up for like a month or so. And I don't know why I deleted it. It seems really silly now that I did because it was it was something I thought at the time. And I think the reason I deleted it is because like very quickly I no longer thought what I said. And it was just something really fun. Like, you know, um, doesn't matter. My point is, is that if you have these things that you can reflect upon, you can see where you were at those times. Not only can you really start to measure non-measurable growth because you know personal development a lot of things aren't tangible but you can really see how you relive those things and it's so silly because like this is what I've been preaching to myself is that I need to be better about journaling I need to be better about journaling and then part of me is like well I mean you've got you've got documents you've got notebooks upon notebooks upon notebooks of things that you have made notes about you have these lives that you've done you've got podcasts so it's not that necessarily I'm negating my own work but I do wish that I was better about having something to reflect upon. I don't know. But that, that that's what I'm saying is I would recommend you do that. Because if you go back to that podcast, that's kind of where it started. And then Anderson and I actually did a podcast together where we uh, talked about like a check-in process about personal development. Kind of like, um, like a check-in if you had been doing personal development consistently. So that was nice because it was kind of... Uh, it worked good for both Jess and I, basically. So here's kind of like the third part to that. And I feel like the podcast cast continuously progress into that too, because sometimes we'll randomly talk about spirituality and sometimes we'll talk about wealth or whatever. But um, so today, what I really wanted to kind of focus on was some key elements that as a um, quantum healer in training is what I'll just officially say. Quantum healer in training. So I've finally been able to it's not a personal developer. It's not a mentor. It's not definitely not. I don't like the word healer. Uh, well, I guess it's a quantum healer is what they call it. So quantum healer, whatever. It doesn't matter. Anyway, by the way, let me go ahead. This would be the perfect time as I continue to squirrel to also let you all know that uh, I have... I have decided that I definitely harbor some ADHD tendencies, which is probably not a surprise to anybody here, but it's very much a huge aha moment to yourself when you start to recognize them. And I'm not even going to lie to you. I found that out from TikTok. The TikTok told me that. I was seeing some like women in their 20s and 30s talking about some things that they felt like were their key components of ADHD. And I was like, that sounds familiar that feels familiar that makes a lot of sense so you know I went to my husband and I was like I don't I don't want you to make fun of me because I found this out on TikTok <laughs> but I feel like I'm kind of I display some signs of ADHD and he was like I don't think that you display signs of ADHD and I was like oh my gosh you don't and he was like I know you do and we both giggled about it a little bit and I will tell you um that it was it was relieving for him to actually say that like you know a 2018 Rachel probably would have been offended that he said it that way because it was very cliche but it was still genuinely funny uh it was a relief because it I was saying it first, right? I was saying that I feel like I'm displaying these signs and he's saying, yeah, babe, like I think you do too. It almost kind of drove home why I love him is because he never 
put anything upon me like you need to do this you should do this like you're kind of acting like that he let me come to that conclusion myself and he has been dealing with a neurodivergent person in his house that he's married to oh god i just love my husband you guys go find yourself a partner like that um and they're they're out there they're possible okay so the reason i was explaining that is because um now i'm i'm a little bit more insecure about my squirrel moments like sometimes i just felt like it was a bolt of lightning which potentially maybe if you're looking at the spiritual side of things like a hippie version of it is yes that's what it is is that my brain feels like there's something so so much more important that you need to know that I have to say that first uh and so it's it's impossible for me to stay on track uh, 100 of a conversation but I've actually made some notes for today so I'm hoping that this will be helpful now today it will be kind of a whole host of just squirrel statements and some um, side conversations about those because what I what I made a collection of is basically some of the things I like to say they're spoiler alerts like when I'm doing coachings with people like that's what I like to say like when you're talking about coaching um there this I don't know I don't want to say this controversy because that's not what it is there's a consistent message you know that it's it's definitely more about asking questions which I 1000% agree especially as I continue developing my skill set is it needs to be that you have two eyes or two ears and one mouth for a reason you should be listening more than you're saying and you shouldn't be implementing your own ego thoughts into what people need to do so you know, coaching's not necessarily about offering advice. It's about offering like guidance. It's like, from my experiences, here's what worked for me to discover that. But ultimately, it needs to be, be better and bigger than that. It just needs to be like, why do you think that is? Which is what you'll probably see in a lot of talk therapy situations. So my point is, is that like, I, I, I think that be, having a spoiler alert, as I call it, is not different than somebody writing a how-to book. It's not any different than people talking about things on a podcast. This is just like my condensed version of those. And so my spoiler alerts are some things that um, <clears throat> sourcefully, if I had to tell you, like, where did these come from? Okay, well, f first from a level of insecurity. So like these are things that I have probably either touched on or known for at least the last year or two but um infinitely was too insecure to talk about it because it was like it kind of sounds woohoo it kind of sounds crazy and all as, as some of you know have been following me for a while I'll say that a lot I know this is going to sound woohoo but you have to know that it sounded woohoo in my head for a long time uh, before I was even able to vocalize it out here to a public but the reason that I feel confident to do it today is because not only if you're I mean if you're here you're here like you've been listening for a reason like you and I are vibing we connect for and this is my way of being able to get to you um and whatever capacity that means maybe it's because you're listening to this free podcast or you listen to my free lives on Facebook and that's what you can that's what you think you can afford to to develop yourself in investments and I get that you you have no idea how much I get that but maybe um through some of you it's having a party and some of you it's actually doing the classes and the one-to-one -one sessions right but um <clears throat> when it comes to these notes, I think that it's just going to be uh, some some kind of bullet points that you'll notice as you continue your personal development journey. I think if you cross into spiritual realm, which spoiler alert, you probably will, because all the messages are consistent. And that's what I want to say is that consistently in scientific books that I've read, in psychology books that I've read, in woohoo spiritual metaphysical books that I started to read within the last year, the messages are all very similar, if not even the same, but they're masked in different language. They're masked in different evidences, meaning like scientific versus woohoo right? Like there's, there's ways to measure both. 
And a lot of them support one another. And that's what I will bring here to the table today is these are messages I've seen. And when you say messages, um, you can say downloads if that's how you refer to them. But that, that's these, this is terminology you'll start to see as you, if you, as you venture into spirituality. And what I mean by that is that one of the consistent messages I see is that regardless of how you're on your truth seeking journey about who you are, it starts one way, but it ultimately everybody ends up the same place. And so whether it's scientifically you're seeking the truth and then you end up on a path of spirituality, which is ultimately God, whatever you want to call it, universe, spirit, source, okay, all those things, or you're searching for a spiritual religious journey of God. And if you find what you're really looking for, the truth within, it will still open up the door to you intellectually and then you'll, you'll end up at the same place. So that's one consistent message that I've heard. And that's why I feel like again, these are things that I, I can share today because this is what you'll see time and time again. It doesn't matter, again, if you're picking up a book um, from Thomas Edison's biography and how he processed his genius to, uh, you know, books about what's true about the Bible, what's an interpretation and, you know, what are different interpretations. It, it's I crazy insane how everything is connected. And I, I know that you know that and you feel it inside because we all, we all do. We all do. We'll get into that. So that would be the first message, right? Okay. So whatever you talk about, God, universe, source, soul, spirit, you know, they have a lot of connotations that are going to be mixed and mingling the same to me. And again, this is part of it is that this is my interpretation and I'm not asking you to unthink anything that you've been taught. Um, but you're probably here because you either, it's not that you feel like necessarily what you feel you were taught or you believe currently is wrong. And it might be that even, but you're also in a position that it's okay to expand upon that. It's not necessarily that you're trying to convince yourself to change your mind, but the foundation of what you have, like you're meant to be a curious human being in general, right? Like there's a reason why we have a conscious mind that, to, you know, um, builds skyscrapers and makes vehicles and animals are animals, you know, they definitely evolve to survival, but they don't do crazy weird things like puzzles like humans do. Okay. So God and universe, they're the same. And the reason I wanted to mention that is because as somebody who was very, I don't want to say against, but I had an aversion to organized religion until I was like 34, 32, 33 or 34, you know, um, what I was searching for was the exact same thing. It's the same thing. Source, the, um, you know, the, the center of the atom where creation exists, uh, you know, that's what we're searching for. Like scientific people are searching for that too. Even if you believe in the big bang and you know, whatever, whatever, it had to be that big bang had to be created from somewhere. So it's all the same. It's all the same. It was everything that we're fighting about is all the same. It's all about a story that somebody witnessed a story that somebody witnessed in their life, but then they told the story by recording it in their memory and what it meant to them. You know, if someone, let's just take for an example, let's just say you see a UFO and you and three of your buddies are there together. All right. And you all see the same thing. Well, one of you could interpret that story as higher intelligence. The other could interpret that story as fear-based. The other could be completely curious. Maybe the fourth feels right at home. Right? Like, oh my gosh, they're coming for me. They're coming to pick me up. Right? So you can get weird. And, but the, the point is really more so that there's four perspectives on the exact same story and situation. Right? Okay. So, and they saw all with the same eyeballs. Right? So that's what is really important about uh, perspective in religion. And so, um, again, for me, it was easier to, to, 
assign a fact, quote unquote, but at the same time, in part of my spiritual development, <clears throat> what I understood about intellect is that facts are not facts, right? The word fact is in fact made up, right? But there's no such thing as an actual fact. What do we know to be true? None of us know anything to be true beyond a shadow of a doubt. And here's why, right? If you say like, we all breathe air, we all breathe oxygen, right? That's not necessarily a fact. It's, it, it is, it is a theory that enough people who ran hypothesis and theories and experiments to prove that that was how that was working, enough people ran those types of experiments and found empirical data to support said theory and experiments that enough people collectively said, yes, we could see how that would be accurate. All right. I hope that makes sense. It's, it's not that any of us can say, yeah, without a shadow of a doubt, that is, that is why we breathe air. We breathe air for that. It's just, it's just all of us collectively say, yes, that makes enough sense that we'll, we'll accept it as our truth. Okay. I hope that makes sense. So um, that's true of everything, by the way, obviously. Okay. But when you say that in, in that context, so you're talking about, let's say, um, dinosaurs and being extinct, evolution, all of these types of theories, right? These are more of an intellectual conversation or scientific based argument, I would say, versus religion, right? And for me, that's where I felt more home. I see a process in my current date, like, right? Like a religion is something is being looked at a book and saying, this is what happened. And we, we're going to, we're going to all believe that this happened that long ago. And science is an ongoing thing that continues to unravel your current present of facts of, of what that book over there, that Bible says, right? So I don't, as you continue to unravel that though, and when you get it to that point of understanding, well, a fact is not really a fact. It's just a collective base of opinions that are saying, yes, we all, we all tend to agree to say that same thing. Well, that's not different than the Bible we're all agreeing to say about the same thing. We think that this was pretty much what happened, right? So it's all made up. <laughs> all right. So that's the first thing, God and the universe. And so um, I am much more accepting and loving to the idea that it's all the same thing. Um, I still know that some of my belief work that we'll talk about in a minute um, is that I associate some negative connotations with a God because I didn't have anybody to inspire me about what God was growing up. Um, most of my influence came from got um tv tv and movies basically right and so without without a foundation of that god is unconditional love first i witnessed a god um in action you know like literal fictional action in movies right like why god why god punishes there's sin you'll have to um repent for that sin you may even you know um burn in hell for what how you lived your life and i couldn't understand that so it I was mad at a God that I didn't believe in. It was just, okay, so I hope that makes sense. All right, so um, there's a lot of uh, relief in finding that spiritual grounding, by the way. So you can call it whatever you want. I still, I still prefer to call it the universe. I just feel like the universe refers more to an energy and God refers to a person. And I think that that's why I have such a hard time with my belief work in the person because a person I associate ego, which is here in our reality and universe is energy and if energy is just something that you can't destroy and it just continuously exists and you know that makes to me it's more forgiving I guess I don't know so let's move on to one of the most um 
aha moments for me that I, 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 I probably teach somebody in coaching once a week this, all right? So when you're trying to kind of either separate your scientific mind from your spiritual mind or even grow upon those things, let's talk a little bit about faculties, all right? So the first time I heard about this was uh, Dr. No, he was named a doctor, I'm sorry, uh, the Silva Method. You'll have to Google it if you want to. Um, the first time I heard about this was from that, but it's really the idea of theta healing and um, theta brain waves, which is what led me to where I'm at right now. Um, <clears throat> so that's a whole other conversation for another day. I just wanted to set cite where I got this source from, okay? So faculties, when you talk about faculties, faculties are basically the way your body translates information, okay? So you wanna think about this on a broad level, your touch is a faculty by your skin. Let me reverse that though. Like say, your skin is the faculty for touch. Your nose is theoretically your faculty for smelling, which is really more like the receptors inside, right? Your tongue is your receptor for taste, your uh, so on and so forth, right? And so theoretically, when we talk about vision, your eyeballs, right? Like if you were to think like, well, so what's the faculty to your eyes? And we would say vision, at least I thought vision initially. But then again, you know, if you close your eyes, you still see things, especially at night, you dream things. So really, your eyeballs are not the faculty for sight. Your eyeballs are the faculty to absorb light and your brain translates that into what you're seeing or your perception thereof, okay? And so why that's important is because, um, <clears throat> you know, that talks about basically how all of those faculties communicate with what? They communicate with the brain, okay? Now, the brain is different from the mind, which we'll talk about in a second. Your brain is the thing that is part of the body. It's the muscle. It's just very similar to like you classify your heart and your lungs. It's part of, you know, the systems that keep you alive. Okay. That's what the brain does. The brain literally spits function out to the body by receptors. I, I'm seeing, I'm touching this thing. Let me tell you what you need to do next. Okay. So from the brain, what is the brain the faculty of? All right. All those senses were the faculty to the brain. So what is the brain now the faculty of? Well, the brain is the faculty of the mind right? Those are different. And I, I know that, you know, obviously we use those very similarly, I think sometimes, but they're different. The brain is the, the muscle that functions. The mind is the processor of your thoughts and emotions, right? So everything that's happening in the brain is like basically subconscious if you wanted to kind of visualize it that way, right? But then your mind is the thing that is feeling, it's processing, it's, you know, it's creating, correct? So that makes sense, but let me, let's take it one step further because your, your mind is a faculty as well. Okay. Now this, this was not really described in what the literature that I was reading, but this came from personal development and continuing this conversation with myself. Your mind is your faculty for your spirit, right? So your spirit is the thing that leaves planet Earth when we die, right? Your body, even your brain stay here, but your spirit is the thing that leaves. And spirit would be kind of maybe a religious term to use. You know, um, soul, I think, would be something that's more universally used for people. Um, and honestly, what it is, is it's just your energy. It's the energy. It's, it's called your ATP. It's the thing that basically powers your mitochondria, which is circles back. It's full friggin' circle right here, right? Because your spirit powers your mitochondria. Your mitochondria is obviously part of your body. Your body is talking to your brain. Your, okay, so you see where I'm going with that, all right? So your spirit is your energy. It's the thing that's measurable 
because everything is energy, right? So if you've not had that conversation, vibration is I mean, energy. It's all the same. The, the, those are the same terminology. And that's how we measure everything. And, and I think I think what's really important is that this is something that is more talked about now, I think, than when, even when my parents were kids. That everything is energy. Yes, the theory's been around forever, but it really wasn't something we were applying in everyday life or minimally. Like, no, nobody was like having this conversation that everything is energy. And it is. And, you know, um, the real easy way to think about that is, you know, when you're feeling really good, you feel bubbly, you feel a certain way that's measurable, right? And you know that that feels different when you're not feeling so great. And so, Everything in the universe is measured by energy. And just as a reminder, energy cannot be created or destroyed. So what does that mean? Well, I mean, it depends on what you believe in. But if, if your little energy, your little, your little source inside your body cannot be created nor destroyed, so it means it's always existing, that means that you're everlasting. Right. So, I mean, that's a conversation again for another day if you want to talk about reincarnation and so on and so forth. But, you know, just plant those seeds for yourself and start to have a little bit of a, a conversation with you. OK. OK. So um, the next thing I want to talk about is a uh, spoiler alert is that we talk about influence. Right. So this is why this is so powerful to talk about how your mind is the creator of your reality. Right. Because just as a reminder, like it's. Now, let's just leave it at that, okay? Your mind is your creator of your reality. Thoughts become things, okay? And so we were just talking about energy, right? If we know that everything houses energy, even like pencils that you write with, that, you know, it's not like, <sighs> it's not the same kind of measurable energy like when you see somebody frown or smile, but it, it does have energy. So that means that your thoughts have to have energy too. Now, this makes sense scientifically, like, because if you put somebody under a brain scan, MRI, whatever, you can measure brain waves. So we know that that means it's energy. I just don't think that enough people connect that it's the same kind of energy that your source and your spirit are generating. It's the same kind of energy that your pencil generates as your chair that you're sitting in um, generates, so on and so forth. So that's really powerful because when you say that, then you understand that your thoughts have power. They have energy and they have to because you're expelling a lot of your energy thinking about them. Are you not? <laughs> we both know that. We both know that you are. And if you were like an ADH or over here, you think too much most of the time. Okay. And if you have anxiety, which is probably part of your ADHD, by the way, then you also think all the time. So you're expelling, and you know, by the way, just as another squirrel moment that you can be physically exhausted from an emotional day. So energy is emotion, right? So if you're thinking thoughts, think about how much power you have, uh, whether or not they are a high frequency or low frequency feeling. Are they a good feeling or a not so good feeling? So what kind of energy are you generating in your brain? Okay. And now why is that important? Because thoughts are a certain low, I'm not going to say low level of energy, but they, they, let's say they generate less energy. That's a better way to say it. They generate less energy than when you say them out loud, right? They have to, because at first it took just the thought in my brain, which is incredibly powerful, by the way. But when now that I've combined my brain power with the audible way to communicate it out to the universe, which is the social acceptable way that we all talk about accepting ideas and having communication. Now I've, I don't know what, I don't know what the actual number is, but I've at least doubled the power of that frequency of that energy. Yes or yes. All right. So why is that important? Because from me sitting in the seat, making you feel motivated, that feels good. Right. But if you're thinking a low level thought and then you audibly say it out loud, what are you putting out into the universe? What are you, what are you, what are you connecting to? Like attracts like, right? That's your energy. 
Your energy searching for other energy like it. You know that. You want to be friends with your friends. You like certain types of people. So it's not different. <laughs> it's not different. Okay. There is no way we're going to make it through all of this list. This is crazy, crazy insane. Like I have like 20 bullet points. I thought I was going to be able to pull through and we're like on three, which is fine. We can just keep rolling. Not a big deal. <laughs> okay. All right. So uh, let me cross these things off the list. Then, so I know that we get there like gently in case we have to go back to them. All right. So we talked about some faculties. We talked about, uh, okay. So this next thing is that we're, when, what, I think another seed we need to plant, we've had this conversation where I think that if you can really think about how fat, the fact that when babies are born, they are basically primitive humans, right? They are, they, they can't speak, they can't, they can't communicate barely at all. And even as they grow into tiny humans, we've kept them alive, you know, between, I would say, I don't, I mean, Olivia's two and a half and she still mimics a lot of this behavior, but definitely two and below. They're still very, very primitive, right? They, they communicate with grunts and screams and emotion only, and they still stand in primal stance. They know how to stand upright, like correctly. They don't bend from their back. They bend from their knees. Uh, you know, so on and so forth. Like I, 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 we, the list could go on. And we've had this conversation that we domesticate our children. We have domesticated children. So, you know, theoretically, like I, this is crazy, right? But if, you know, if a baby was left in, in the care of wolves, I think it's probably pretty rare that the baby wouldn't die. But we, we know like that's not a far-fetched idea that if it was a feral child raised in a feral environment, it might not develop at least a full skill set to be, you know, of a conscious mind. It just rubs, runs subconsciously about survival, right? So we add in the conscious mix to it, which, I mean, the formula is already there. But my point is more about thinking now about how powerful thoughts are, right? Well, if we're depending on other things for survival when we first get here, we look to our surroundings to find out how to fit in. We find out how to soothe ourselves. We find out like what it means to be humans, quote unquote, like how do we communicate? How do we, you know, whatever. And I think this is one of the most important things that you can exp ugh, bank on. Okay, let's, let's plant this seed right here and right now. Okay, it's, it's probably not an arguable point that when babies are born, they only need comfort to survive and food, of course, right? But they don't have any innate fears except for loud noises and being dropped. That's it. Everything else we program into ourselves or are programmed by our influences, our parents, our teachers, our pastors, people of influence in our life uh, to have any other fear, any other fear, fear of being left alone, fear of abandonment, all of these things. Okay. The more important point I wanted to make was that we know how to soothe babies, almost, especially for mothers innately. I think men do have this too. Um, they just have been pushed out of the, the house. That's another conversation for another day. Um, you know, when they're another conversation for another day, okay. <laughs> daddy wolves don't have to go to work anyways. Um, they can do for everything for survival. Another conversation for another day. My point was really more about the comfort aspect, right? Let's take um, modern day example. Uh, there's a reason why we've had binkies forever, okay? There's a reason why we have soft top nipples on bottles forever, right? We know that mimicking this feeding method and soothing method for a baby as close to mom's breast as possible is why it soothes a baby. Nobody's really arguing any of that, even though we're having an argument about how we should naturally be feeding our children and where. That's silly. It's silly, right? We know that... For some reason, not some reason, but holding baby close to breast 
face to breast is going to soothe and comfort them because they're getting the sustenance they need to survive. Plus, obviously there's warmth, there's usually some type of comfort, right? So we we condition our children from the womb, by the way, because we need to take it one step back. And there's a reason why I say this, because we're talking about binkies, right? Binkies and bottles. Well, I know that for my daughter, she really very much enjoys a silk blanket. And I know that she's not the only child out there. And some ch children might not necessarily be silk, but they might have teddy bears or they might have... Um, ribbons, um, tags, things like that. And what do they do? They rub it on their face. They rub it close to their face. They put it in their nose, near their mouth. Okay, why? So I looked it up because obviously the nipple made sense. So I was kind of curious to what material was for children. And it's obviously just a theory, but it, it's that supposedly that material mimics the inner uterine lining. So when babies are in utero, that's what brings them comfort is that, you know, that closeness. That's why they like to be swaddled, of course. Uh, so if you're swaddling your baby in a silky blankie or something, they just might just sleep forever. Okay. But they feel safe because that's when they were safest. That's also why babies like vib a vibration and humans do too, by the way, because everything from the outside in sounds like vibration when you're in utero. Okay. So my point is, is that when babies are here and they're brand spanking new and we're doing everything as good as we can to you know raise this person we give them that comfort right we don't deny them of that um, but here's where it gets really messy because we give them these binkies we give them these bottles and you know I'm right now in a heated debate with myself about when to take the soft top um, binky top or uh, sippy cup away from Olivia because I'm not stupid I know that it's like overcorrecting her teeth and um, she doesn't really want anything else. She likes her blankies. And uh, that's another conversation for another day. But my point is more so about like weaning her off of the thing that brings her comfort. You know, we all, we do this. You know, my sister was shamed for sucking her thumb at a certain age. I was absolutely shamed for still sleeping with a teddy bear at a, a later age. Um, and I've had this conversation before with people that, you know, I, I recognized in my late teens after taking my tongue rings out that my tongue ring for over a decade brought me comfort because I didn't suck my thumb, I sucked my tongue. Like when I was a child, I in my the middle of the night, in my sleep, I used to fold my tongue backwards and suck on it, just the same way you'd suck on a tongue, or, or I'm sorry, a thumb, a binky, or a bottle, or a breast. It was the same thing. And so I had this like aha moment that I had been self-soothing with a tongue ring all these years and I didn't even know it. And the reason I caught it was because less than a week after taking the tongue ring out, I was, I, I knew I had caught myself sucking my tongue. It's subconscious. I can't even not do it. But here we are, right? We're telling people at a certain age, like, how silly of you to still use that blankie, that binky, whatever. How silly of you to think that that's what you need to sleep at night. Like, pff, whatever, okay? So we're asking humans to give up some type of self-soothing comfort. And often, like, I don't necessarily think it's wrong that we're not sucking our thumbs or carrying around blankets or whatever, but we don't help, for the most part, we don't help people transition and find an alternative. So what do we do? Like when we don't have comfort, we find ways to feel that comfort. And, you know, that manifests very small sometimes in terms of holding in your feelings or uh, maybe putting something else in your mouth, like a cigarette or an alcoholic beverage or food in general, right? Because it just mimics all of that behavior, the self-soothing, wanting to feel better, getting to a different state of mind. And... That's why a lot of us are flailing in our teens and 20s and 30s and so on and so forth because we were never given an appropriate mechanism to self-soothe. And even if it's not like through a physical form like that, it may be manifest into acceptance by somebody else, right? So, ugh, yeah, that one's like a long guy. So anyway, 
my point is about that one is, you know, not only kind of being more gentle with yourself, so giving yourself grace, but also like if you are a parent, of course, like I'm sure you've, you've instilled upon yourself that you want to do better than your parents did. I think all parents do, of course. I think that the message is like, I want to give you more than my parents gave me too. That's a really common, um, you know, life mission too, but making sure that you are very clear about what does that look like in terms of giving? What am I trying to give you more of? Am I trying to give you more space in a house? Am I trying to give you more luxury in a car? Am I trying to give you more of my time in my one-to-one -one time in my intentional parenting? You know, what am I doing to try to support your healthy growth? Not only because it makes me feel good as a parent, it makes you feel good as a human, but you'll then replicate that not only to a potential, you know, your potential family as you get older, but to every single human on planet Earth, okay? All right, so that will lead us into a next spoiler alert, okay? My next spoiler alert is that the key to just about anything, I mean, there's a lot, I think there's a few keys, there's not just one, okay? There's like a door with a, a bunch of deadbolts on it. One key is empathy and understanding others, okay? And we're going to come to this conversation, whether it's at this podcast or another, I will say that self work, belief work. So your internal work is a heck of a lot harder and it's ever ongoing in my opinion than it is for having understanding of other people. And that might be just my particular journey, but I can see people so much easier in empathy than I can even see myself still to this day. And I will also say sometimes it's harder for me to see empathy for people that are very, very close in my circle because I've known them for so long, I think, um, more so than people that I barely know. Like I can easily, like if I'm talking to somebody in a session or something and, you know, we're talking about some conflict they're having with somebody, it, I'm very attuned to being able to say, well, here's a potential perspective shift. Here's a potential perspective shift. And I've been good at that for a while. And I think that, not my own life, by the way, but, um, but I think that that's, I think that's great because it, it brings relief often to the person who is overthinking about a potential situation. Uh, but it also brings relief to the entire situation because uh, that person who may be acting inappropriately for whatever reason they might be catching a break from their partner in this moment because their partner is able to take a step back and go, well, this is really not about me. This is about them. They're, they're acting out of their own insecurities, inadequacies, their, their fears of abandonment, whatever. Um, but then that immediately shifts the tables back to you again because it's like, so why did I feel that way? Why did I assume that was about me? And so that's, that's, that's the circle, of course, but I think it's much easier to see empathy for other people and it brings you so much more relief. Just, I think that before I started um, really, really going into personal development, I think I had a lot of disdain for some people and I think it was growing, especially because I was surrounding myself with politics, which, you know, we'll talk a little bit about in another podcast, potentially not politics specifically. I'm sorry. Influence is more, I don't want you to tune out. Okay. Because I'm, I'm definitely way less political. I still use my American right to vote and I sure as did in the election, but I'm way less involved. I don't have time for that. Like I just don't, I don't, if I had to say, like, I just don't feel like government is very much in the best interest of people anymore. I think that there's a lot of people who do try and I think that they want their intention to be that way. But I think that the, the weight is so heavily on the other side. Um, that it's just it's too too low energy for me to be involved in and that's what I'll say about that so empathy and understanding so let maybe that's a good example actually you know part of it is that you know I hear stories about um 
our past president or you hear stories about like let's say representatives in a state where you feel like if you had to identify if anything you'd say more liberal and it's more conservative you know it was easy for 2018 Rachel to just to snap and be like they're so ignorant they're so old thinking blah 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 uh because it was them bringing out the insecurity in myself about being racist or homophobic or anything along those lines you know what I mean that's why, like, I didn't want to see that in other human beings because I don't want that in my life, number one. But number two, that's, it, it's just about me. It's just about, it, it highlights everything that you're feeling insecure about yourself. So when you can hear why somebody's reacting the way that they're reacting, one thing is really good to say, like, put yourself in their shoes, of course, and say, why do I think, well, you get, I mean, you can get real deep and go, why is this my perception? But most people aren't going to get there yet. I think for most people, you could, you could start with, why do I think that person is acting the way that they're acting? And, you know, um, you have to watch your cynicism because it can be very easy to say because, you know, because they're getting paid to. Sure. Sure. Okay. That's great. Start with that. I feel like my representation is not showing up for me because they're deep in the pockets of somebody else. Cool. Pretty probably common uh, opinion among a lot of people, I would think. Potentially, yeah. So what about that? What if they are working purely for greed and not for change? That sucks, right? It sucks to have a mentality and a mindset that you you feel like oppressing anybody else instead of bringing them up is the way that you need to go. Or maybe it's that you've gotten in so deep that this is where you're at. You know, you've seen you've seen some sh things happen for people being blackmailed about their past, which is just basically saying, I know that you feel shameful about something that you did in your life. What if I exposed it to everybody? It's your worst friggin' fear. People learning about your vulnerabilities and then using them against you. That's a potential. Okay, but we don't have to go down that path. Maybe it's that... They have promised their children all and more and they've been able to get them there and it's sustaining a lifestyle in, in this manner that says people come to you and say, if you don't support what I want you to do, then I'll take my funding away from you. You know, so there's, there's, you can play that game forever. You can play the game forever, but the job is more about for you saying like, I don't know what their story is. And, and if I did, would it make me feel any better? So what's my job? You know, my job is to be the observer of the situation and really kind of detach from thinking it's about me, I guess. All right. So I would say, I mean, like I said, to me, this is, it's been easier for me for a while to kind of have empathy for others. But I also think I had that as a child. And that was something that it was um, not rewarded for. Like, meh, meh. Like, I, I feel like I had to actually come back to that. I had to, I heard my shell for a while and I had to come back to that based on, you know, where my passions lie. So self-work, let's, I think we might have to, yeah, maybe get one to two more and then we'll have to wrap it up. So self-work is definitely harder and that's because it takes a lot of reflection, right? Because what you're doing when you start personal development is you're starting to kind of slow yourself down and recognize that the things that you're thinking are not about who you are. They're just thoughts. Okay, they're just thoughts that you think. You're just the thing that's observing the thoughts. And you'll hear that all the time, but it really, it took me probably a solid year of like repeating it to myself. I mean, not just like sitting around and repeating it, which you could in your affirmations if you wanted to, but you know, just hearing it in book after book after book after book after book after podcast after podcast after TED Talk after podcast after TED Talk and so on and so forth. You know, so um, internal work is like isn't it needs to be intentional but it's so hard because like not only do you want to not do it because it means exposing a lot of stuff that you either never knew about yourself or you didn't really want to dig into and that's why you feel low level feelings ever is because it's stuff that you're not dealing with ironically 
But I think that the struggle for me was that like a lot of the time I was like, I just don't know what to work on. I'm not sure what to work on. Like, I feel like I got, um, you know, some really good stuff in my tool belt and I was feeling really good about myself. And then I was like feeling like there, there must be something more. Like I was starting to feel listless again. And, and then it, I was frustrated because I was like, I don't want to feel this way. And I felt this way before. And I know, um, that I felt better once I started doing work, but I, and I definitely don't want to feel like I hit a rock bottom again. So how do I avoid that rock bottom? And then I'm in that spiral of rock bottomness, of course, but that's why self-work is more difficult. You know, it forces you to sit down and go, these things I've been thinking, are they my thoughts anyway? Like I know that I'm observing them, but were they thoughts that I think, or are they things that people implanted in me as, as a lesson, you know? And I just want to give an example because when we talk about downloads and we talk about like, you know, like this kind of programming and stuff, I think that there's a lot of negative connotation with it, but I believe that everybody does the best that they can with what they have in the, in their current moment. And our parents are no different. So just as an example, you know, like if you're in a car ride and you're like, mom, I have to go to the bathroom. And she's like, no, you don't. Yeah, you're going to have to wait because we're only like 20 minutes from home. Right. She's trying to make your you strengthen your bladder awareness and consciousness so that you efficiently could do more things in life so that you don't pee. You have to go to the bathroom every time you have to go to the bathroom. Right. It's, it's not different than mom, I, I'm hungry. No, you're not. You just had lunch. You can wait for dinner, right? Well, there was efficiency and it was convenience. It was accepting you into here's how our tribe of people will accept you because this is collectively what we're all doing. Hey, come join, right? And then be accepted. But it eliminates every single one of us from trusting our intuition. Our intuition from day one tells us when I'm hungry, when I need to defecate, when I need to rest and sleep, when I need to feel better, you know, when I need to heal myself. Our bodies tell us that. Our minds tell us that. Our intuition, which is our higher self, tells us that. But we're coached by other people to not trust that thing. And so anytime for the rest of your life that you're feeling a not so good feeling, that is because your program from from before, from utero, from the minute you were conceived with God, however you want to look at it, whatever your program was of unconditional love, the thing we all want to feel all the time, when you're not feeling that, then your center, I like to envision this and, you know, right under my breastbone and like where my, um, my rib cage meets, right? When, when you're feeling not so good, this is like a roller coaster ride kind of feeling, right? That's telling you, that's your alert that, whoa, 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 we're off because the thing we think inside about ourselves is not lining up with the way that we're, we're observing the world. So whether it's because we're witnessing somebody else do it, and we don't like it, or we ourselves are the person doing it and we feel worried about it or anxious about it or fearful about it. That's, that's it. That's the knock on, hey, pay attention, pay attention. Hey, earthbound being, this is your higher self. This is the thing waiting for you on the other side. I've been here all along. I want you to do the best you've ever done. I want you to know this is your, this is your 1111. Okay. So that whatever you want to say, that is your reminder. Okay. That's what's telling you we don't line up with what we say we want to be. And it's difficult because we've been running from an autopilot, anything, an autopilot program, autopilot belief system, because everybody we knew, like, and trusted growing up told us how to think and how to behave. Not so much how to think and how to behave, but how it was collectively decided we were thinking and behaving and what we thought about what it meant to be a woman and how to show up in the world and what that looked like and what it meant, like what it, what it looks like to be middle-class or poor or ultra rich or whatever. We all have ideas about what those kinds of things looks like. 
And that will vary based on your household. It'll vary based on your community and your schooling. It'll vary based on adulthood and the social circles you run with. It'll be based off of your city, your state. It'll be based off of your country, your hemisphere, uh, all of the things. So just think about that. There's so many different levels of belief that you were fed Again, out of convenience for the most part, but now you, you're not feeling so great about all of them. Some of them you're like, yeah, that to my core is who I am. Great. Hold on to those and record them, but use them as confidence builders for the rest of them that you're going to have to dismantle. And then maybe you recognize that you have to pause a lot and give yourself grace. And then you have to refuel that energy because energetic work is, is just, if not more exhausting, in my opinion, than physical work, because the body can repair itself. The body is unstoppable when you recognize that you can heal all of that. That's a different conversation for a different time. Of course. Okay. But my point was really that it's the soul that needs to be refilled. It needs to be retouched to humanity. It needs to like fill your cup so you can fill other people's cups. So make sure that you take that time for yourself make sure that you have some type of belief work in place or some type of spiritual development practice in place meditating journaling breathing work uh, getting in touch with you know a higher vibe frequency group of people um, maybe networking maybe coaching maybe whatever getting a side hustle with a passion doesn't matter what it is but that's how you kind of spark that stuff all right so yeah, that hard work, I mean, that self-work is hard work because it's ongoing. Like when you're riding in the flow, which I think is what most people are looking for, that's great, but it's not going to last forever because the pendulum has to swing back the other day. When we are earthbound people, we think duality exists, meaning because good exists, we've been taught that we think bad needs to exist. So as we're entities on humans or entities on human, oh my gosh, one more time, entities on planet earth will always have great stuff and will always have not so great stuff. But when we're living in this personal development, spiritual growth, it is the confidence builder to last longer in flow because we are managing emotions. We're recognizing emotions. We know thoughts become things. So we're choosing those appropriately, right? We ride that wave longer. And then when, when something unexpected happens, uh, whether it's like you all of a sudden something from your past smacks you with a fear of abandonment, or it's something out of your control, like a financial expense or somebody else's health care, something like that, then all you, you, you don't disassociate, you don't become distant and cold and non-empathetic to that because you don't want to have the bad stuff. It's that you've gained so much confidence in navigating. It's like, okay, so what's my plan? Do I plan to just like overwhelm uh, and shut down? Do I plan to process? You know, it's, it's that you have learned and not even so much that you've learned is that you've conditioned yourself to want to feel better. So you're going to utilize your tool belt more frequently. And then when you're in the good, you search out for more tools uh, not necessarily always in the good, by the way, but when, when you're ready for building, when you're ready for more change, or when you're ready to expedite momentum, then you search for those tools. You'll build upon the tools that you have. So it's ongoing, y'all. I just had like massive belief work that I powered through last week and it wasn't even intentional. Like, I, well, I can't say that it wasn't intentional. I definitely was asking the universe for some help, but um, I wasn't specific in the in the terms of what I learned about myself. I, I wasn't asking for a lesson that I know of, by the way, I'm sure internally my emotions were asking the universe for something that I was differently, that I was separately asking for verbally. Um, but my lesson was really more, uh, it was a fear, fear of dying alone, fear of abandonment. I would also say probably 
fear of not being liked is still a really, really big one for me. So I had to process that with my life coach. I had to process that with my husband. I had to process that with one of my best friends who's really woohoo-y. Um, and it was like probably a two or three day, like really, what did I get out of this before I was like less than accepted? And I don't even know like how I asked the universe for it, but it was it was important. So five years into personal development and it still happens um, and it's going to happen for you. It should happen for you. And you just find a really great support system so that that you know that you're going to make it through it um, because you've already survived 100% of the things you didn't think you would so far. So what? <laughs> Ain't no time to stop now. By the way, it doesn't matter. You can't stop, by the way. Like if you're, if those days that you feel like you're, you're going to give up, give up when you want to give up. That's fine. But you ain't leaving until it's your time. Just so you know, <laughs> just so you know, another conversation for another day, if you really want to have that one, but you might as well make the best of it because you're here until somebody else decides that it's not your time. Just as not somebody else. You mean your higher self. You already you already made your soul contract, your plan. It's already written in the stars. So just saying, just saying. All right, so I think I'm just going to go ahead and wrap it up. That's a really good place for uh, us to, to do. Like I said, we ended up making it through roughly six, six of the topics, which is okay because we have a lot of things that we could cover for sure. Uh, so as we wrap up, I just wanted to do a reminder that if you got some value from this, don't forget that the um, Anchor Podcast is amazing because it's a free platform, which means I don't have to pay to use it and you don't have to pay to listen to me uh, and and Jess when she's here too, okay? And all of our amazing guests, by the way. So we recommend that if you, if you got some value from this, please make sure to share it. You can share it on your Facebook walls, your Twitter feeds. You can put it wherever you want. Uh, you can definitely just put it into somebody's DM if you're like, hey, I thought of you when I listened to this. You can even put it on your story and make sure that you tag us in it and we would love, love, love to repost uh, so that we can share this message with people. We just want you to feel your best life and you are so deserving of it. You have no idea. Uh, so again, if you are looking for some boudoir sessions, family photo sessions, uh, all those types of things, I think probably boudoir right now or indoor sessions, obviously, because we have 13 inches of snow outside right now. It's crazy. All right, y'all make sure that you get in touch with my good friend, Jess Anderson McGovern. You can find her at Photos with Anderson on Facebook. Facebook. She's got a really great uh, private boudoir photos with Anderson group as well. Uh, you can also find her on Instagram. So make sure that you are uh, searching her out. And if you need some contact information, I can get you in touch with that. And I myself again am Rachel Vote. I want to thank you guys so much for being here. Again, empowerment classes. We've got one-to-one -one sessions you can get in touch with. Follow me on Instagram. Oh, and the TikTok. I did say a little bit briefly about that earlier. I had a good girl's guide too as well. I ain't got no niche though. So hopefully I'll show up on your For You page. But I ain't nishy. So you're going to see all my life just like you went on Facebook instead of just the one one thing, at least for now. I don't know where that's going, but Instagram and a good girl's guy too as well. And my favorite, one of my favorites, of course, intimacy group uh, where you have an 18 years old, older end of feminine energy. <laughs> we do a lot of sexual wellness and intimacy building. And by the way, one new plug I completely forgot about. If you are loving what you get here, by the way, and you want to expand upon that and you want to grow your social circle when it comes to vibration like this, okay? Don't forget, oh, and I said don't forget, I'm introducing it that every Tuesday night from 8 to 9 p.m. Central Time, there is a free 99 personal development group that you can do from the comfort of your own home via Zoom for free. So if you're looking for some women, it's definitely open to everybody, but I'm sure that you probably wouldn't be surprised that the vibe is actually uh, quite a bit feminine. Um, we talk about everything, right? It is sponsored by MDC and Hempwork. So if you're looking for some holistic health, we can get you in touch with some CBD. We can get you in touch with some essential oils. Uh, but they, they have some really great stuff that we'll, we will talk about from time to time. But the picture is definitely more about your spiritual guidance, your wealth abundance, your relationship um, worth and stuff like that. We also do mental and physical well-being too. So it's a really great place. We would love to have you live on the Zoom. You're welcome to be there. But you can also tune in via Facebook if 
if you want. Um, it is just a free group that we are, it's very local, but we are open to everybody. It's not very local. I shouldn't say that because we have people that are definitely in other states. Anyhow, if you want to invite to that, please let me know because we'd love to see you. It would be great. Okay, so uh, that's it. I think that's all we got. So I'm going to go ahead and wrap up. We'll be back next week, of course, with another podcast. And we want to thank you so much for being a part of this. So stay happy, stay healthy, and wash your hands. Bye-bye.